What kind of person would run for sheriff? What kind of person thinks it's their duty? Maybe they're driven by honor. Maybe they just want to serve the community. We're going to find out today. We've got a guy who's running for sheriff in Jefferson County, Alabama, and the whole show is really about him, what he believes in, and I think you're really going to want to hear it. We'll be right back. We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think. Can you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, he trains my hands for war. We are on the brink of total destruction of America as we know it. Let your rebel flag fly. Welcome into this week's edition of Alabama Unfiltered. I am one of your hosts, Scott Beeson. Allison Sinclair is with me. Amy Beth Shaver Abs is out this week, but uh, it's still going to go well. Don't forget to check us out at all the different places where you find your podcasts. And also check us out at 1819news.com. We're powered by them. Go sign up for their daily detail and their newsletter, which will help you get all the information you need about what is going on in the state of Alabama. And you absolutely don't want to miss that. So, Allison, how are you? Do you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, I'm excited. It's kind of interesting. I've actually been doing some research on the history of sheriffs, the sheriff's mm-hmm. office. Like the sheriff of Nottingham? That's as far back as I, my no. history on yes. sheriffs goes. No, it really, really? did. Yeah, no, it did. It so you can have bad England. sheriffs. Well, not, I don't, I just got back to England and like the English right. where you were shires or you mm-hmm. were. You're the, the sheriff of the shire, yeah. The sheriff, sheriff was a shire. shire. Oh, I thought the county oh. was a, oh, by the way, this is Jared Hudson. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good, good. All right, so he's saying, what is Jared doing? Is he just. He, I feel like you've been running for the sheriff's office of Jefferson County for 10 years now. I feel but, like I've been running for 10 years yeah, now, too. <laughs> but about 18 months now. November 8th is just around the corner. And mm-hmm. so finally it will come to an end. But Jared's running for sheriff of Jefferson County and pretty impressive. I mean, something we need to talk about is like mm-hmm. for you to go out and you're running as a Republican in a predominantly Democratic county. county yeah. Um, I commend you, and I feel like you're making some huge strides in what you're doing in your campaign, and you're really kind of pulling some voters over. But before we get started with all that, what – so sheriffs really Back do – Back to the sheriffs. Yeah, okay. so I, sheriffs th- I of thought the shire. a shire was th- what the they thing. call a county in England, but I was wrong. Uh, I mean, that's pretty close, though. I mean, it would be similar to what a county is here. A shire is just like their little – village or their group or a county, right? It's the community. It's it's kind of where a group of people collectively okay. live. It's where the hobbits arguably. live. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's that's, that's, what, that's what everybody's gonna know. So it could be like a like well, a it's county. a it's a swath of land. Yeah, it is. Okay. But and, so, and I use have, that word so you gotta have the community. It's and there's a probably a but church. it's a swath so, of land that people a, a certain group of people that are governed by this noble, right? That the king that's then a noble under the king. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's his group of people within, you know, that swath of so land. So the Shire is what is underneath whoever uh, the, 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 the local governor, noble the satrap, yeah, well, okay. whoever it is, okay. right? So I mean, it is. So it is kind of like a county. You know, it's probably not as probably not as large, maybe right. as a county as we know it. But that's you, you're on you're Unless on track. Unless you had a really big kingdom. So right. then, when the English came over and settled in America, they kind of mm-hmm. carried on. And I don't know when we. So, yeah. so 1681. <laughs> this is so good. It's yeah, I think it's 1681. Um, 1681. The uh, the first sheriff was elected. All right. So don't don't quote me on that. I believe right. it's 1681 off memory, but it's somewhere in late okay. 1600s. The first sheriff was elected, and that was the first election held in North America. 
Uh, okay. So that is so the sheriff is the oldest oldest elected official in North America. Now, the now, where reason did that, where did that occur? Uh, up north somewhere, like in you know up near even Montreal and that area. Is everybody's kind of settling up near? Uh, I read it yesterday, but yeah, I can't remember. Okay. Like in New England, uh, in New England, all the way area. up into that area of Canada where yeah. they were doing a lot of fur trade and all that. Okay. So, somewhere up in that area, and they elected the sheriff to do uh, a handful of things, primarily maintain the jails, which is what mm-hmm. we still see the sheriff doing now. Um, but in England, the sheriff was appointed by the king. That's where you see the sheriff Nottingham. That sheriff mm-hmm. was appointed position by the king, much like our U.S. Marshals are appointed by the president, okay. um, the actual U.S. Marshal of the, of the state or of the Northern District of Alabama or wherever. Mm-hmm. So... The sheriff was appointed by the king. When we get here, uh, we already see the idea coming into into play in the late 1600s, definitely throughout the early 1700s, definitely after the French-Indian War. Um, we see it were the Seven Year War, right? That lasted nine years, right? right. Whatever well, you want to call yeah, it. They, so Common Core math, even back the, then. There you go. <laughs> so what you see is, is you see the the idea that the the people are. King, like they were, and that's kind of what. And Constitution is king. Constitution governs, and, and, and it right. says we the people. So uh, that's something I've been talking to folks about. Is we all are like, uh, what our government's doing this? Our government, your government's not the answer. Yeah. Right. God is ultimately the answer. I that's believe right. as a Christian man, God and the person of Jesus Christ. But uh, the answer in, in, the, in our nation is you. It's not a. It's not a governor. Right. It's not a sheriff. It's right. not a, a legislator. Right. It's it's not a president. The answer is you, and it's it's more than just freedom. We say, oh, we got you know our, our freedoms ain't free, and it's easy for people right. to say that. It's more right. than freedom; it's liberty. Right. And if you if you think of it as liberty, uh, liberty comes with a lot of responsibility. That's why right. I don't lean so much toward the libertarian side because a lot of times it's that live and let live. Yeah, idea. I, I call it the libertarians. Yeah, and it's, it, right. it it doesn't really it doesn't really work. Now I have right. a lot of libertarian leanings, right? Yes. Like I. Big government should go away. I don't, right. Government's not the answer. Right. God's the answer. Right. And ultimately, God's outlined four, I promise I'll get back to Sheriff in a minute, um, <laughs> four uh, or ordained four levels of government. The first mm-hmm. is you. We see that in the Garden of Eden. You are mm-hmm. you are to govern yourself. God gives a set of rules and says, these are the rules to follow, right? right? And what happened? Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. They disobeyed. Mm-hmm. Eve was deceived. Adam disobeyed. Mm-hmm. When God wasn't there with him, and when did he find out later? When he was walking in the cool of the evening, and he right. called out, hey, where are you? Well, we're naked. We're right. Who told you you're naked, right? So we see that there was a bit of self-government there, right? Okay. One was deceived. One disobeyed. So first we have self-government that God ordained. Secondly, we have family government. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if we look at it scripturally, you see the husband's the head of every house, uh, or it, the wife is the head of the children, and Christ ultimately is the head of the family. So right. it should be God, Christ, husband, wife, kids. And that's generally how you see the nuclear family su- supposed to, to be working. And without getting too much into it, um, we see a lot of the falling apart of society now because we have removed the nuclear family and we rely on government for so much stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's the second ordained level of government uh, for, for I would say for Christian believing people, but that God has outlined. The third ordained level mm-hmm. of government would be, I like to say church government because I am a Christian, but it would be civic government. That's your community. That's your shire. That is, hey, look. That's close to you. That's the local. That's close to you. That's the local. Right. That's close to you. How do we keep you. it together, right? That's right. So, and it's, and it's very community-based, um, not so much the sword based, which is the final or ordained level of government, which is civil government. That is the sword. That would be the sheriff's office. That would be uh, the 
Department of Justice, that would mm-hmm. be the military, that would be your governor, your the, state. Legislator, right, the, right, the right. legislators, the judicial. That would be the three branches of civil government that we right. see in, in this state, in this nation, and that's you know your executive, your, your, your judicial. That's a hard word for right. me to say. I right. stuttered over it the other <laughs> Drink some more coffee. Yeah, I know, I need yeah. more coffee. Judicial and then uh, legislative. So uh, that's your civil government. And those are the four ordained levels of government. Now, three of them, family, civic, community, mm-hmm. church, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. And civil, they keep self in check when self can't keep self in check. The problem I have with a lot of uh, the libertarian leanings is they don't keep self in check. And the whole purpose of these other three is to keep self in check. They actually propose being able to be out of check. Being out of check. Because I've always been told that that liberty is is the freedom to do what is right. The freedom to do what God says. And that's kind of that, that differentiation between liberty and freedom. And the libertarians just take freedom as, hey, I can I'm be free to do whatever I want. Well, that's not liberty. Well, what's what's God? What's Jesus say? He says, mm-hmm. you know, all the laws hinge on two things. Six hundred and thirteen mosaic laws hinge right. on two things: love, Lord God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So, love mm-hmm. something more than me, ultimately, God and the person right. Jesus Christ, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. On these two things, the rest of the law hinge. And so, even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't believe uh, like I believe, I think we can all agree that those are good principles to live by. And that's mm-hmm. what Jesus taught. Love something more than me mm-hmm. and love Have my neighbors and myself. Right. I give up my perceived, because ultimately it's a perceived right. It's really not a real right. I give up my perceived right to myself mm. for my neighbor. That's what Jesus did. And even if it's, again, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, is on the right. way, the truth, and life, no man comes to the Father but me. And I believe it's that keyhole. I believe it's only Jesus. Right. However, even if you don't believe that, just the archetype of Christ is is mm-hmm. one that we should try to mimic because he was the story is he was God who mm-hmm. became man so he was God of the universe he created everything mm-hmm. was born in a crap trough right mm-hmm. it's not this beautiful little manger scene where there's like cows I mean I've been right. when we cleared them in Afghanistan the 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 stables they're right. underground the little caves underground that you clear and it's nothing but animal crap down there sheep right. and a, that's where he was born at right um the king of the universe was born in that and lived a perfect life and then ultimately died a death of a murderer, right? As right, if he was right. a murderer. Mm-hmm. And even though he lived perfectly, he gave up every perceived right to himself for mm-hmm. something greater than him and for his neighbor. It said he didn't uh he didn't forfeit the cross uh for for the glory that God was gonna ultimately give him through it. And ultimately mm-hmm. that comes through obedience to God, right? Loving something more than me, and mm-hmm. then my neighbor is myself. It's a first John four nineteen. We love mm-hmm. because he first loved us. Why did he come? For right. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son who believes in him. Right. Should not perish but have everlasting life. He did mm-hmm. it for the love of of us. And so if we embody that as people, that fixes a lot of our problems that we see on the front end mm-hmm. because it's always about me. And right. anytime it's always about me, I know that I'm wrong. Right. And and so that's yeah, that's a lot of the debate of we always have a lot with a lot of people who don't have the 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 even if they don't believe in the supernatural at all. Right. Just Christianity's tenets, as laid out by Jesus, mm. would give us such a much better society. I mean, that, that, well, that's would, the kind yeah. of thing that Thomas Jefferson said for all the people who try to make him a deist, which I'm not totally sure about. But he's like, hey, there's there's not any better rules, there's not any better guidelines. We have we have Western civilization, Christendom, and we've all been so blessed or done so well because we at least were trying for that goal. You know, the, the standard was there, and now we're kind of losing all that and. Uh, well, it that's does what change. we're seeing now is the breakdown of that and a breakdown of Western civilization right. kind of as we know it because mm-hmm. we are abandoning those principles 
and right. those foundations. It's um, have you ever thought about being a pastor? Like if the, the no. sheriff thing preacher. doesn't work out, no. you should go be a preacher. preacher. My dad, no, like my dad just went pastor. to church. Yeah, no, my dad, my dad's a pastor and it's uh, I'll just keep doing what I, what I've been doing. So, and it's an opportunity to share the gospel with right. my sphere of influence. So, right. um, you know, with that being said, I had a, a buddy of mine, he had a Satan tattoo. Actually, no, he had the devil's pet goat tattooed on his chest. Big old dude um, from Australia and Satan on the bottom of his foot. And uh, I've been able to share Christ mm-hmm. with him, uh, with him a lot. And mm-hmm. he even sent me a, a message one day. He said, Hey brother, I just want to say thanks for, uh, thank I always send away, Hey man, I'm praying for you. You know, Jesus loves you. I mean, it's not, if he, if he's not of, of God, if he's not of Christ, then he's of the world. And who owns the who? I know he doesn't really own the world, but right. he's well, he's in charge right, right yeah, now, right, Satan, right, right? So I mean, it's it's it, to me that was not that big a deal as far as him marking his body with what he what he says he believed uh, mm-hmm. because it makes sense. If I believe what I believe, then of course he would mark his body with that, right? right. And so uh, when I talked with him and, and share Christ with him, he even came back and said, "Hey, man, I, look, I know it means a lot to you to say that you're praying for me, so I just want to say thanks." So. In my community, um, because of what I've done, because of who I am, and because of the the rapport that I've built amongst guys that are not Christians, I'm mm-hmm. able to share Christ. Whereas, like my dad, who's a pastor, you know, he he can't, he could not share Christ in the same way. So, right. I would no, not being a not being a pastor, um, unless the Lord, unless the Lord calls me to it, right? Right. Okay. So, tell so, us who you are and where you've been, and I feel like it's a try and sum it up. Because kind of, oh, yeah, I feel we'll like see. you've done a million things in like 37 years. I've done a lot in 37 years, but yeah, we can make it summed up real quick. But okay. to tie all this back to the sheriff real quick. He's better than so, me because I go down the trail wait, and never come back. Yeah, he's still back. there. We need to get it back to where it's actually now in the Constitution so of the state. Yeah, so it's uh, okay. so the, the sheriff, they, they poached the idea from England, basically, where it's appointed by the king. They say, hey, we're going to elect a sheriff right. to take care of... Because we're the kings. Essentially, that's where mm-hmm. the idea started, you right. know, kind of mm-hmm. began. Um, and and really, it's all the way back to the Magna Carta, but we won't go into that, right. where the king is law, you know, and they uh, the nobles stood against the king and said, mm-hmm. hey, at the threat of us killing you with our swords, we're going to fight you and your army uh, to show that law is king. That's where we get the term law of the land. It actually comes mm-hmm. from Magna Carta. The law is king. The Constitution is king. The people then elect those folks who can uphold or pass legislation right. that becomes the king of the land. So that's kind of the idea. This concept was now um, becoming widespread, at least through North America, and even definitely in England at the time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the sheriff was elected to maintain the jails, to keep peace, and uh, to, to collect taxes for the community and all that. So it was a very similar form of the sheriff of the shire. And it's the first elected official, to my understanding, in North America. 1681, like I said, I believe is when it was. So we move forward. Our nation becomes uh, what it is, right? It starts off, we have the United States of America is founded and all that. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff is put into the constitution of a lot of states as they're written really more into the 1800s when they started developing more shires essentially or counties right right? they started uh they put the sheriff in the constitution to keep the peace to uh, you know Mm -hmm. deal with the jails which was coming from and they wanted that person locally and they needed that guy locally um to to do that Uh, a lot of people say guys and girls it was no female sheriffs back then it was only only men Mm -hmm. Uh, there's not many female sheriffs in the nation right now there's very there's very few very few people could be one yeah she's tough tough chick yeah she is yeah yeah, she's tough she could be one 
feel like don't give her a gun. Somebody saying duty or something. Do your duty. Yeah. Sorry. So, anyways, that's that was put into the to state constitutions, uh, especially with the the need for one state sovereignty during that time. They were very heavily into state sovereignty because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, honestly, from the from 1775, although it was at 1789, it was just a confederation. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out very well, but right. it was very, they were very statist in their ideas. You talk about Thomas Jefferson. He was very self-sufficient in his ideas. Right. Um, but anyway, that's where the sheriff came from. That's where it is now. Now it's a constitutional officer. There'll be people that argue back and forth on what the sheriff can and can't do. The bottom line for the sheriff, at least in the state of Alabama, it's in the executive branch of government, so it's the closest executive form of government to the people. Mm -hmm. The next executive form of government would be the governor and a few, I think the state auditors and the executive branch, there's a few others under it, so that would be uh, over our state. And then obviously the national level would be the president, right? And then whoever he appoints under him. Mm -hmm. So Otis and Locke both said the closest form of government to the people is the most effective. It's going to impact you the most, whether positively or negatively. So the closest executive form of government to the people of Jefferson County will be the Jefferson County the sheriff. That's going to be the one that impacts you the most, of uh, either positively or negatively. And so that's why it's a, it's an important position, and uh, and it's outlined in our constitution. You're a constitutional officer, so people say, "Oh, you just enforce the law; you don't interpret it." That's not true. Mm-hmm. I interpret the law as it's based on the constitution. If mm-hmm. the if the code. Mm-hmm impedes on the constitution i lean on the constitution because constitution is king because right. that is what uh you know the law is king there's no one above the law we say all these different you know sayings that come all the way from the magna carta when they right. said the law is king to the king of england um and so that's that's what you see so the sheriff is to uphold the constitution not the code versus the police chief as a code enforcement officer he's to uphold the code not so much the constitution because the code of Birmingham is going to be different than the code of Hoover than the code of Gardendale. Or right, right, right. Um, and so that's kind of the the purpose behind that. That's why a sheriff's a constitutional officer, uh, a, a police officer, police chief, or even a state officer is a code enforcement officer. And the police chief, this is a difference that I read about yesterday too. Like you, you really are beholden to no one but yourself. Police chief has to answer. I mean, they're appointed and they have right. basically a, they work for the mayor and the they council. They work for the mayor. Right. They work for someone else. So really, right. and I think that's why it's so important what you are doing in this position because um, how you interpret the Constitution we've seen is very mm-hmm. much uh, up for grabs these days, kind of where it falls. And there's been a lot of talk about constitutional sheriffs lately and kind of this whole, what's the one out in Mark? Um, come on. The one that Greg Phillips was talking about. Oh, um, oh, the one I always in Arizona. Just remember, I always just remember Arpaio, but anyway, like oh, Sheriff Arpaio's like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, what what is that whole? To me, a sheriff should be constitutional, but now there's this whole conversation about kind of this right wing constitutional yeah. sheriff kind of thing. But it's yeah, but a sheriff it's really not. Actually, it's just what it yeah, is. Yeah, if he actually follows it's, the, it's constitution following the Constitution and does what he's right. called to do, then he's right. some sort of right winger. That's, right. that's, that's well, the problem. Uh, you know or what they say is the problem. One is, I mean, is being a is being a right winger bad? Heck, is being a left winger left winger bad? I mean, it's in my no, opinion. I mean, I mean, yes. I, mean I think you got. <laughs> right cra- I mean, I'm good. not left. I, I think right. left has crazy ideas. But the fact right. of the matter is, is either of them uh, that bad? Especially in a position of sheriff. Now, here's why I look at it. For me, uh, especially being a Christian, I don't care if you're 
If you go to church with me on Sunday, if you're an atheist that believes exactly the opposite of what I believe, if you're a Republican, Democrat, black, white, gay, straight, I don't care what you are. My job is to uphold your constitutional rights, right. life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, uh, as Jefferson outlined, life, liberty, and property, as Locke outlined. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my job is to uphold those that's outlined mm-hmm. in the federal constitution, the state constitution, uh, to the best of my ability. And that that's against two different, that's against a tyrant in government. Or mm-hmm. a criminal on the street. Either one. My job is to to uphold the citizens of my county's constitutional rights, no matter if I agree with them or not. Right. Um, I agree. I, and I think where the difference is, is that we have to elect people sheriff who believe in the traditional understanding, right. of the history behind the tradition of the Constitution and what it was meant to be. And when I say I agree with the right instead of the left, the left has this new idea that says, well, the Constitution really doesn't mean that. I think it can evolve. I think it can well, change. So we have to have people elected who have an understanding of what it means and is not trying to massage it to mean something new so that you're yeah. actually defending people's rights instead of deciding, well, this right, this person's right may be more special, this person's not. And you said exactly right. It doesn't matter what we all believe, you're defending our rights. But I think mm-hmm. folks on the left have a tendency to decide, well, this right might be a little more special, might be a little better. Well, the, the thing with people this. on the left, and this is me, and I talk with a lot of them, and we've mm-hmm. pulled a lot over that say, hey, right. we're voting for you. And right. I, I've talked with a lot of them through my time in the team. There's a lot of officers, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I'd say the biggest issue with the left is they believe they're educated a lot of times because they have degrees. Right. Um, I learned that in getting my MBA and talking with a lot of people during that same time frame that, that were more left-leaning than me, and it was – you know, they, they thought they were really educated, and I remember laughing at them. I'm running a business right now. I can tell you everything I'm learning in this MBA is not going to help me with my business. It'll only help me if I'm a manager at a, a big firm because that is kind of what you it was teaching. you got to have a piece of paper for that. Right? Um, with all that being said, they're very emotional in their thought process. So nothing is ever actually based on the reality of the world we live in. It's only based on emotional pull to whatever it is they're for or against. Um, and, and generally speaking, when they see something, I, I think a lot of times left, left-leaning left people, a lot of times their heart is good. I think they have a good heart intent. I, not all the time. They have a good heart intent, um, but it's used negatively in Western culture. Now, see, that doesn't work in Afghanistan, which we just left on. So the gun, we'll use the gun thing. Hey, buddy, nobody can have a gun, right? Take away everybody's AR-15 is, is the rhetoric from the federal government. Right, but we just left like four hundred thousand AR-15s mm-hmm. to the Taliban, yeah. right? And machine guns and aircraft. Mm-hmm. So it's ironic, isn't it? Well, so I mean, it's that is a that is a real reality-based argument. I was there on the border of Afghanistan, looking at a bunch of Taliban guys dressed up like they're ready to raid Bin Laden's hideout with all the stuff that we used to have. They had everything. Right. This isn't anecdotal or hypothetical. This I saw this with my own eyes. That is a real argument to be made. Why in the world are we talking about taking away rights of Americans when we literally just armed a a terrorist force and made them a formidable military fighting force? Mm -hmm. So that would be the first thing. But then the the second aspect of it is is there's some emotional, they have some emotional tie to getting rid of guns, and so that's all they'll argue on. They won't argue on the reality of what our government actually did, They're just going to argue on the reality of how I feel about guns. Right. And right, so I guess right. that's the point right. I'm making. Right. Um, most of the time when I talk with people on the left, 
there is some sort of emotional tie to what they're for or what they're against. My, my experience is a lot of, especially younger people, and, and I'm not mad at them for it, but they're like, I just want people to be happy. Or I just want people to be safe. And I'm like, me too. But, but which one is going to get us closer or get the most people safe or the most people happy or give the most people opportunity? Many times it's not your policy. So I, I agree with you to an extent that, they're not necessarily bad. They they want good things. I've always said they they're not wrong about what's wrong. They're just wrong about how to make a right. Well, and a lot of people, well, it still makes you wrong. <laughs> exactly. So, but then you got the other side of it, which is um, you know, we, we have people within within government, both on the both on the right and the left side, both Republican and Democrat Party, and heck, even, you know, uh libertarian uh or independent sort of parties. They uh, they use they, and I've seen this just in my short time in politics. Mm-hmm. They will literally use whatever you want. I mean, I will talk with guys who will be anti-gun to the which since we're talking about guns, mm-hmm. anti-gun to the anti-gun people and pro-gun to the pro-gun people. And I'm like, how in the world can you do that? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, it's just politics, bro. So, no, it's not politics. Mm-hmm. It's bull faced line, yeah. right? Um, right. So, and, and I know you've probably seen that, oh, well, you know, yourself. I've but, seen it. No. So <laughs> that that is where, <laughs> right. um, you know, and that's that's where. I guess that's kind of where where I draw the line personally. This is who I am. This is what I believe. Is it going to mm-hmm. impact my ability to do sheriff? No, not at all. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do because of my Christian values, my right. conservative Christian values. I will lean that way all day long, and I view my life through the lens of being a Christian first, right. not the lens of being a, a SEAL or a candidate for sheriff or whatever it is. But well, the, I think there's. A, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I just like part of me as I was reading about the office. Like, I I wish it wasn't a partisan office. To me, it really should not be Republican-Democrat because I think that's somewhat misleading if in the Constitution and historically your job is to uphold the Constitution. For the people that are maybe vote traditionally Democrats, democratically, why should they vote for you? And I'll tell you why. Because you're just going to uphold the Constitution. And that's what... And they can trust him to do that. And And they can trust trust him to do that that evenly across the board. I have a friend of mine who's a judge in South Alabama. And when he first got in the office, (coughs) folks were like, I don't know, you know, what are we going to do? He's he's a right winger, all this kind of stuff. Well, after he was a judge for a little while, all of these people, including some of the criminals and folks who were in trouble, other lawyers, et cetera, said, hey, you know, we love this guy because – he doesn't care who you are. Right. He doesn't care how influential a lawyer you are. Even the guys that were getting their way because they were influential are like, hey, he's he's even. And that's really all right. we're asking for. Right. And I and I see that is that's what happens when you have someone who really fears God. Someone yeah. who says, look, I, I believe that I have to treat everybody the same because they're mm-hmm. all created in the image of God. Therefore, you're going to get even handedness. And I think that is something that could bring folks yeah. over to his candidacy. Yeah, you know, it's just not going to be partial. You know, no right. partiality. I don't care who you are. If you're in Jefferson County, you can get the same shake that everybody else is to include right. my wife, my dad, my brothers. Everybody right. gets the same shake. Right. Um, and that's what the sheriff should be. The reason I think it's gone party is because uh, we live in the uh, – there's supposed to be gridlock in our system. Gridlock's a good thing, right, mm-hmm. between right. the judicial, legislative, and executive branches. It's right. supposed to be gridlock. It was created for gridlock. With that being said um, – we generally speaking, we don't see gridlock, but where does the gridlock come in? Where does the rub come in between Republicans and Democrats? So I think what has happened is 
you have a quorum between executive branch, judicial mm-hmm. branch, and legislative branch. They all kind of work together to do what they want. But the gridlock that they want to show because they keep all the people, you know, arguing and warring with each other is at the party level. So that is my opinion. And right. I would even say, uh, what party was uh, Hamilton from at the at the start of the the nation? It was kind of the the rich people party. We wanted big government. Um, Hamilton was for monarchy, so. Yeah, I'm he was. Uh, I forget what, I, what, what's the name of the party. I, I, I can't say remember. The Whig party. No, no, no. Not the huh? No, it was before the Whigs, I think. Yeah, it was before. It was the very first. Um, that's in all honesty, I would argue we see, and I'm running as a Republican mm-hmm. because I believe their 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 narrative uh, mm-hmm. primarily initially on abortion, right? I believe right. That, you know it's life at conception. Um, yeah, the Federalist Party. Um, the Federalist Party is really what we see both the Republican and the Democrat Party being. Mm. both of them are almost the same together. They mm. just have their different talking points that get people separated, but in, mm-hmm. in reality, they're on quorum with each other. They're all for the big government. Right. They're all for right. big government because it <laughs> keeps right. them in money and in That's power. Right. So it's right. the same system hammering everybody, all us regular folks, mm-hmm. um, and, and we're sitting down here arguing over something that, that they don't even believe in themselves. Look, they all live in Martha's Vineyard together. <laughs> it don't matter if they're you know right. Republican or Democrat. That's Their true. kids all go to the same school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that is why I believe they take these positions that are constitutionally outlined positions, positions of, you know, that are supposed to be elected, but uh, executive, judicial, and legislative. And they build that... They build that separation in there on the front end between parties because that allows you to separate the people and allows them to maintain a relative amount of mm-hmm. control. Who's they? It's people who believe in what the Federalist Par- Party believed in. If you read about the Federalist Party, if you read uh, the Federalist Papers, even if you read the idea of big government and the mm-hmm. fact that uh, the higher classes of society can govern the lower class of society, you, mm-hmm. you see exactly what's going on. So the yeah. more I study it, which I haven't, right. I just recently started studying this over the last year, mm-hmm. running for sheriff, I would argue both Republican and Democrat parties are um, basically an archetype of what the Federalist Party wanted to be. At the very, very start. Yeah. And they sealed a lot of it off after the Civil War when they really had all the centralized yeah. power and then so. the evolution just sped up after that. So Before, so back to the, the sheriff's race. You're yeah. running for sheriff in Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that going? Wait, wait, wait. It's going good. Yeah, we've we've got so much to cover I know, before I we know. get there. So tell us how you got here. Like yeah. your whole I feel like your life has kind of led you to this moment. Okay. Um, you know, uh, so I hear about no, no, SEAL right. training and that. I want to hear yeah. that too. Yeah, so uh, when I was so when I was 18, graduated from high school, I went to Mortimer Jordan. So I grew up here in North yeah. Jefferson. Um, oh, I liked you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> uh, that like a big, he's a, big, he's a garden rival? Garden 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh. Um, went to Jordan, played ball. I don't even know that. I don't yeah. know these things. <clears throat> North Shelby County. We're like out there. Yeah, you're like a different country. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Played ball up there, and then when I graduated high school, um, went to uh, went to fire college, became a firefighter because on nine eleven saw those firefighters going. I said, ah, "That's what I want to do." Mm-hmm. Became a firefighter, uh, started going through that for about a year, and just uh, went on a mission trip in Africa. And in Africa, I felt a, a distinct call from the Lord to do something different. You know, it was basically I, I thought it was to go in the military. How which, old are you right now? Twenty? Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, because fire college was only like three or four months long, and then that EMT basic and then paramedic. I think they had intermediate at the time, which I finished. Mm-hmm. That was only two semesters of college. So as I'm kind of during that time, I, I thought, yeah, man, I, I think I need to do something. I've talked to my dad about it. And he said, I'll take you to the recruiters, but if you do something, 
uh, do something special. Those I remember those are exact words he said to me right. sitting across the kitchen table and uh, not to mean that, you know, it's military service period is not special, but what he was mean is if you're going to go in, go in and do, and do special operations, do something different than what everybody else does. Right. And uh, so I went and looked, and uh, Bush had just pushed the uh, special operations contracts at the time because the way the war was, that's where we started seeing the conventionalization of special operations command and joint special operations command because, you know, this will upset a lot of guys in the military, but really those are the only guys that fight the war. Uh, I mean – you have guys building white space on the conventional side, but dudes who are actually out going after the bad guys, uh, commonly Marine infantry units do it a good bit, but are commonly your, your, your SEALs, your Rangers, your Delta, you know, all those, you know, Green Berets, special operations forces were heavily used right. in this sort of warfare. So we, uh, when he started that contract to get more guys in, so I just went and said, all right, well, I'm going to go through all these contracts and I'll start with the hardest Mm-hmm. And go all the way down to these, and whichever contract I pass, I'll get. So the hardest was seal. Um, <laughs> so I did that one and passed it. You know, it was like You're swim. Like, oh shoot! Yeah, <laughs> swim on all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, and uh, did that and got a contract, and then went into the navy to be a seal and became a seal. Um, did that and got a uh, for a short time. I'd say short time compar- comparatively speaking. The buddies of mine are still in. Like I still teach for the teams. I'll go out and teach pistol carbine CQB is out doing that last week. So um, short amount of time, get out, had some medical issues, broke my back a few times, had a, a handful of TBIs, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes from the anthrax vaccine is where it came from. And that you is ultimately what got me squeezed a really? lot into Wait, what, What's a TBI? And uh, it's traumatic break? brain injury. So you get like blown up, like we had IEDs or right. uh, RPGs. When I had two from high school football um, that were noted before I went in the Navy, and I think I have 14 total now. So there's 12 that they've tracked from uh, – I got thrown out of a helo and then I got a, uh, that was shot and then, you know, hit IEDs, <laughs> all that stuff. Right, so right. yeah, yeah it's some medical like, stuff. Like, that was like last Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Day. Um, so, but you have had some of those injuries, different broken bones, some surgeries and all that. And, uh, long story short, none of that was med retirement, but the type one diabetes, cause I was insulin dependent was, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what started yeah. the and process. And that's from the anthrax vaccine? That's what they tracked it back to. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's, that's, what, that's what they said. They they tracked it back to that. They said, hey, we believe that this is what um, what caused it. So I didn't even know the, there was an anthrax vaccine. The Navy was on the hook, yeah. So, that's so did you go on any, like, what missions and things in between would you, yeah, or how old? I was, I mean, yeah, I was, when I got out, I was 29. Oh, okay. I think. So you did 28. Have some time yeah, 20. There. Oh, yeah, I had time. So we went to, went to Afghanistan. Uh, where else we go? Korea, Yemen. Uh, okay. Um, Saudi Arabia did some stuff so in you got Qatar, to do some Iraq, fun things all with all that hard oh, work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah, we definitely okay. did. So um, we got a lot of bad guys, let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. I say fun. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was in at the at the peak of the war. Probably the best best place was Afghanistan. I mean, it really was like the Wild West mm-hmm. um, when, when we were there. Um, and it was it was a good time. Like, there was a lot of war to be fought during that time. So that was probably the the best. And then there was a lot of other operations and, and, and missions we did. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything cool that I, I can actually mention? I just want a really fun story. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of something that, that I can... Uh, you probably... Yeah, helped. this is like probably having a tell on. Want, you can't huh? say anything. You can't... I don't know. Should I tell that? Yeah. Long, longest dude I shot? 
All right. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. so yeah. So, so shot a dude at uh, <laughs> two thousand four hundred and thirty-five yards. You know, um, on a I was on a rock face. It was God, it was hot that day. Oh my gosh, it was a hundred. Buddy of mine had a watch, like watch like this, had a temperature gauge on it, and he sent a picture of it out, and uh, it said one hundred thirty-six. And I remember that day. Bef- so we're we're in the sniper hive for thirty-six hours, and you're like la- we're oh laying there. For thirty six hours, yeah, thirty six hours, yeah. So, so they were they would clear through the villages, Sunday. and we would sit in these sniper hides up in the up in the mountains. So we would insert ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then our guys would come in and clear the villages early morning. They would do a KLE key leader engagement, and they would talk mm-hmm. with people. And normally, when they would clear through, bad guys like you kick over an anthill, bad guys they'd run out and you just shoot them from the sniper hides, right? right. Um, up in the up in the mountains and stuff. And then they would come in and try to fight our guys, and then we'd shoot them. We'd come in, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. what we did, mm-hmm. and. uh they, blah, blah, uh, blah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, and it was, it was, well, I won't talk about that necessarily, uh, but it was hot on this one. Now, right at the start of the day, two bad guys roll out of the, out of the village. Um, they're, they had some IED stuff with them and, and we see them down there and, uh, they start driving down the road. So I had to move my position and I sit behind them. I started shooting at them when they're about 1700 meters. So I missed them four times they're on a motorcycle, you know, we even threw them. missed them about four times. And on the fifth time, they had slow rolled this way and were rolling around this curve. My uh, the guy that was with me, his name's Greg. I don't use his last name. Lays it said, "Hey, 20, 24-35. So I had my turret cranked out. You know, my dopes on. Basically, I put my hold over on, put the wind hold on. Lord, let this hit. Fired that bullet. Watch that big bullet go through the sky and it uh, hit the dude in the right, like in the hip area. Went right. through this bike. Right. You know, the bullets explode when they hit. These Rafis rounds blew up on the other side. He fell over and he. And got him, you know, got the bad guy. Did so. you say you were on a motorcycle? No, no he was on a motorcycle. Oh. He's on a motorcycle. Yeah, no, no, no. He was like, on a motorcycle. That is super impressive. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's on a motorcycle. That's only in the movies. Now we, we is, did use <laughs> we did use dirt bikes. I mean, a good bit. We used motorcycles a good bit, but he was on a motorcycle. Um, we used horses and donkeys for a while. The problem with donkeys is when they decide <laughs> that they're done, they're done. <laughs> now, at least at least they're a dirt really bike done. and an ATV you can you can run with. But yeah. Uh, Got that guy, so that was uh, that was a good day. He wound up being, uh, I don't know, not like a low level Taliban commander. I didn't know that at the time, but mm-hmm. they, that's what they wound up finding out about him when they cleared over to him. Um, and then that night, uh, uh, should I tell this part too? Oh come Maybe. on, tell the yeah, just, don't look at him. Tell the <laughs> tell the part. So that night we were uh, that we would go out with a Afghan National Army and Afghan National Police. We would do. Sometimes we do unilateral ops. Sometimes we take them with us because the whole point was to train them how to. It's a failed concept, obviously. Look at Afghanistan right, right now. Right, right? exactly. Um, and we all knew that when we were there um, because these guys can't do jumping jacks, much less be able to you know fight off another military yeah. force. So uh, these guys are with us, but they start doing their call to prayer at the end of the day. The sun's going down. It's getting kind of dark, and they're up here on top of the rock oh, behind shoot. our sniper hide, just doing their call to prayer. You know, that's and I was like. I said, "Well, I guess I guess the gig's up now." So I, I leaned back and I had a, uh, you just, okay. I had a bag, of, a little, a thing of a, you know, back, you know, backwood cigars are, mm-hmm. backwood cigars. It yeah. looks like the Clint Eastwood cigar, Lord. Yeah. So they're my, in the packets. Short ones? They're in the little uh, no, sealed about packets. This, yeah, they're in a sealed packet. They're about mm-hmm. maybe five or ten in a bag, and they're right. about you know that long, like a Clint Eastwood cigar. It's right. not just not a big fat cigar. And I pulled one of those out because I had a. I'd always bring a little bag of those with right. me. You know, we. Yes, you got bored. 
Well, or just like, to smoke at the end of the like, day or whatever. I mean, yes, right. I was a time of my life where I still dipped. You know, we'd smoke cigars. Mm-hmm. I never was a drinker. I never really drank, but you know, I uh, I don't dip anymore. Or do any of that stuff. But uh, you know, you've gone thirty six hours. We've gone. I've gone through four cans of Copenhagen by that time. We're just sitting in the same spot. Oh, 136 degrees. Right. Now that was first part of the day. So that's over. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we got we got a bad guy here. They cleared the town, got some right. bad guys. They captured a few guys. We're getting good intel and everything. And we're like, oh, this is good. Well, nothing else happens. We, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, it's kind of like if you, you you plan for this big hunt, you go to this hunt, you kill this massive buck yeah. first thing in the morning, and right. then you're stuck. Right. And it's like, all right, there's nothing else going on, right? That's what this was like. It was 136 degrees, big river running through down there, and it's like you have visions in your head of like swimming in that river and right. stuff, but we're up on these rocks. If you moved, you couldn't touch the rock around you because it was so, so hot. hot. Yeah, it was so hot it would burn blisters on you. So you just laid, you just literally stayed in the same spot and cooked for, you know, until nighttime and then the next next morning. Did they bring their mats to do prayer? I'm still they had them, are yeah, they that, still up there? Yeah, they're prayer? they're with us. And they're you're in smoking the hot a cigar. No, so now we're at that time. So we're okay. at the end. So the, the sun's going down mm-hmm. on the the last, you know, the uh this this day, the, the day that I shot that guy. Sun's going down. And it's like, all right, well, I guess the gig's up. They're up here dancing around on the rock and, mm-hmm. and singing, and then they're <laughs> kneeling. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, it's right. not I know, like, right, 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 right. you're like trying to right. hide out, and you got And they're people. up there doing yeah. this, yeah. So it's, you know, and it's hard seeing people on the rocks anyway, but I was like, all right, I'm going to smoke this cigar. So I right. lean back, and I light that cigar up, and and it's at not, I said, not even nautical twilight. It's at dusk, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's enough so you can see the ember on that cigar. Oh, and no. one of the guys in the town, one of the one of the guys had been talking about this. He said, "Hey, I see this guy in a kit maneuvering around, but I don't know if he's an enemy combatant yet." And he was watching him. another sniper in the town was watching him. Mm-hmm. And so I sit there and I take a hit off that cigar. And I, I remember going to smoke out. And, you know, the second time I put it up in my mouth. Oh no! And, and all of a sudden, I hear. A round snap over my head. So rounds, they don't, everybody say, oh, yeah, the bullets whiz by your head. No, they, rounds snap. I mean, okay. that's when they go by your head or go over it, you'll hear them snap, breaking the sound barrier. So that's all you hear is a snap. You're a snap, yeah. it's okay. you, you can hear them skip and go, you know, like you're in the, the Western movies or whatever. Right. So and uh, so I, I hear a, a snap, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and I look down, and I feel stuff hitting my head. And that Joker that shot him, mean, he had a he had a dragon off, which is one of their versions of sniper rifle. He was a uh, Chechen. Uh, the guy in town shot him, and we were able to right. find out what we needed to about him. Right. But he took he was just a little over twelve hundred meters away from. Me. He took a plug and only missed me by about fifteen inches. I mean, really? Right, yeah, right above my head. So I don't know if he was shooting at that ember. Or if he was shooting at the guy, now he might have missed the guy that oh, dancing on the rock a, yeah. and almost got you by six feet. Yeah, that guy was right. probably about six feet over you my head. Don't but, think the cigar was worth it. But it was about that far over my head. And uh, how yeah. quick did you put out the cigar? Oh, I didn't put it out. I just kind of <laughs> laid down low and hit it, just held it. It was like, hey, was that a was that what we thought it was? And, and Greg's like, yeah, bro, <laughs> yeah, brother. Somebody just took that pot shot at us. But uh, you well, know, I'll say, do you remember you? Well, we've talked about this before. You took my son. This is the most bizarre story. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so a long time ago. My husband's cousin. I don't even know how you know him. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just through military stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, invited my son Connor to go shoot one day with this guy named Jared Hudson, who used to be a Navy SEAL. I'm like, well, that's cool, but I have right. no clue who this random guy is. Right. But it sounded fun, and so Connor went, and he will still tell you that is like one of the most fun. Days. I think he was like in sixth grade and he was really into the military. He wanted to go in the army. 
and like we'll still talk about what an amazing shot and so you you gave him one of the most fun days ever well, and yeah, you didn't even know no i had no um, idea but yeah, yeah i do i do remember us talking about that and i remember that day now um because there was a bunch of kids out there and we uh yeah we just had a we just had a fun day fun day shooting shot a little bit of long range i think out about 700 meters or so so not like crazy but everybody got to get behind a rifle and ping and shot some pistol i don't know if i can no, see but didn't 700 you shoot meters. something way further because like he talks about seeing maybe so yeah i might yeah. i might have but I, we we lined up i remember lining up the gun and letting all the kids shoot the gun and they all got to hit it you know right at a, just under a half mile which 800 meters a half mile i think everybody was at 700 that's insane yeah, so right. um that is crazy but yeah that was uh you know but there's, there's that's a story from uh from afghanistan okay so cigar Cigar almost I guess. killed you. Uh, uh, maybe, and then yes. what happened? <laughs> so no, I mean we just uh, we just sat up there and waited for the helos to come get us, and then it was uh, we we hopped in the birds and and uh, went back home. Just like Hop any over. other day. That was any other day. That was a normal okay. Thursday in normal my life. Thursday. So uh, and and it's you know there's guys I got buddies that have so much more experience in that than I do from the start of the war all the way to the end dudes that are still in just unbelievable amounts of of experience but I was privileged to be around a lot of really good dudes of uh, that that did really good work when the nation needed us to, to go yeah. do really good work and, and hunt terrorist cells hunt hunt people all over all over the globe uh, buddies of mine still up at uh you know damn neck they they doing the, they're doing the the same thing even though right now it's a little slower time they still have this global initiative where they're they they target really bad people all over the world and so that's uh it's cool to have been a part of that community um and and like i said i'm uh i just a, a regular dude who happened to be able to be with a bunch of heroes at a time when a bunch of heroes were around and uh, so it was. It was cool being a part of, it. and I'm still working with a lot of those guys now. Yeah. So you get out after your anthrax debacle, right? So or it, vaccine. So the diabetes thing kind of messed up my ability to uh, continue my career, I guess, for for lack of a better word. Uh, the Lord used that to, to guess, move me in another direction. I mm -hmm. became a law enforcement officer when I got okay. out. Yeah. Where is that? Okay. Shelby County Sheriff's Office over there on on your end of town, oh, your yeah. neck of the woods. Yeah. So I went to. Uh, when I was in the SEAL teams, we did a small program uh, working with L.A. County Sheriff's Office, the U.S. Marshals Task Force. I did a lot of training for those guys and then also was able to roll out on a lot of different operations and see how law enforcement works, and that got me into law enforcement. So I was trying to get hired by the uh, U.S. Marshals Service, but because I was a type 1 diabetic, mm. at the time there was a stipulation you could be a federal agent and be a type 1 diabetic. See, it's okay. type, type 1 is what I was diagnosed with, so I was insulin dependent. Um, and so that kind of messed that up. And so I never was able to get hired by them. But during the process, I'd met, he was the chief deputy at the time, he's current sheriff now, John San Diego, mm -hmm. uh, out in California. So I had his card and I just happened to call him and said, Hey, this is what's happened. This is what I've gone through. Uh, looking to get in law enforcement, can't get into the federal side uh, because of which they've lifted that now, by the way, but because of my type one diabetes he said, Oh yeah, come on down. And so he kind of took me through the process. And in about, I met Sheriff Curry at the time Curry was there. And in about a month and a half of doing that, and I was still in a medical process, by the way, of getting all this retirement yeah. stuff and all that stuff mm -hmm. out of the Navy. Uh, I was hired by Shelby County Sheriff's office. And then I went to the police Academy at Northeast, excuse me. Uh, and, uh, I'm trying to remember what year it was. I guess it was twenty. It was it was twenty thirteen. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
wow. November of 2013. And then all of my medical stuff finished up around the, I think it was mid-summer 2014. It's not that long ago. No, it's not. Mm-mm. But no, it's interesting how, you know, you like I say all the time to my kids or whoever, I'm like, okay, either God is sovereign or he's not, you know, and something as devastating as type 1 diabetes from an anthrax vaccine you know, that you've trained, you've worked, mm-hmm. but you probably wouldn't be here, how it all works together. That's devastating news. But so you come and you join Shelby County. I'm and sure. then when when did you start? I was a sheriff's deputy for about a, about a year. And during that okay. time, I started my business, uh, the Shooting Institute, just to do classes on the side for whoever, right? So that was uh, in 2013, 2014 time. I can't remember exactly what month and day, but it was around that time frame. And because uh, I had a business degree, I'd finished my, okay. my business degree. That worthless MBA that you worked really hard. No, for. this was just my, oh. I hadn't started my, well, I had started my MBA at this point in time, but I hadn't finished my MBA at this point in time. Um, but yes, I just had my regular four year bachelor's, you know, undergrad and had started on my MBA, but I wasn't working on it, started the business, start doing that. And the Lord opened the doors in 2015 or 2016 for me to start running SWAT schools for the state of Alabama. I uh, left Shelby County Sheriff's Office in 2014 because I, uh, so I was only there for a year full time because I had an opportunity to take another full time job dealing with human trafficking. Uh, with an organization. And so I left and went to that organization and started working for them uh, full-time dealing with anti-human trafficking and then running my business. And then from there on out, I just did different contracts here. And I mean, I was a contractor of the federal government, worked as a reserve with Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, primarily on their SWAT and vice and narcotics team, helping those guys out with training, doing what I could to uh, help them out serving warrants, whatever it was. And then um, finished my MBA during that time and started uh, Covenant Rescue Group, which was mm-hmm. my wife and I, okay. we started the nonprofit yeah. for anti-human trafficking. So uh, during that time, um, doing all these different contracts, meeting all these different people, you know, kind of in, in that community, I was able to make a bunch of relationships with folks to be able to start a nonprofit, Covenant Rescue Group, raise the funds needed to then do operations both overseas and stateside. And then we primarily, especially when COVID hit, Started just working stateside right. because we saw the need for. I had a lot of buddies, organizations are doing a lot overseas. You know, we were in Haiti, mm-hmm. South Sudan, Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, all tell these people places. what what you're talking about when you say operations and covenant rescue. You're 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 yeah, getting but, people out of human trafficking, right? And so, mo- sex slaves. Most what? most of the time, we would go after. We would do stings where we do reverse stings or stings where you like rescue maybe a specific kid. But our job was to go after the people who were trafficking. Folks, you know, so we might not necessarily be going after a specific person to rescue. And some some folks do that. We did some of those. But our goal and our mission set was going after those who are trafficking people. I would think you would have enough work on like I-20 between here and Atlanta. Well, you you do. Uh, The problem is twofold. One is it's oftentimes domestic in nature stateside. So that's where we saw the need for us. So it's not you're you're. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a dad, and oftentimes we see a dad or a mom or a caretaker of some kind. Might not be the, the dad or mom. They're selling their kids. Mm. Does that makes okay, sense. A boyfriend yeah. will sell Shopping his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's, so that's that's what you see. So now it's it's view it's different. You know, it's viewed differently by law enforcement. I think Alabama now has I forget what the code is, but they have. No, I don't think I know a felony charge in place where that would be trafficking. 
And for the feds to take it, they have to have been moved across state lines in a certain way. Mm -hmm. So it makes it difficult. So that's why, like with the Epstein thing everybody talked mm -hmm. about, you know, a lot of those girls that he dealt with weren't moved across state lines. That's why the feds, a lot of times, everybody's like, oh, there's some massive conspiracy where the feds are in on it. Right. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I'm just saying, arguably, most of it was that those girls never moved across state lines. So it would be well, on wait, Florida. They just went right. internationally. Well, no, not all of them did. That's the the vast majority of them wound up being in a in a certain area. Not all of them went to the to the island, and most of the ones that did were of age. I'm just telling mm -hmm. you what the reason it's hard for the feds. You have to have something going across state lines for so the feds. So a sheriff. Right. Now the sheriff. Can you do anything? Yeah. So the sheriff is different. It's like uh, I was talking to my brother the other day, and I laughed, and I said, you know, in Proverbs it says, "Zeal without knowledge is worthless." And I said, "You got a lot of zeal, but no knowledge on this." Because he's like, I don't see how the sheriff can do X, Y, and Z. And I said, you watch. You're about to see sheriffs start opening investigations right. yeah. on people in other states or things going on. And sure enough, got this clown in Texas. Is it San Antonio County that's opened an investigation on DeSantis DeSantis for, uh, for, for trafficking, mm -hmm. for human trafficking? Uh, and so... That's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And obviously, you know, we look at it. I was going to say, yeah, that's definitely a big political move and statement. But he has the I was ability say, does to do he that. Have the right yeah, to do that. He has the ability to do that. He, mm -hmm. And and if he gets here's here's the here's the hard part. If a sheriff opens an investigation, and they find that they find that hey, we have you know probable cause to believe X, Y, and Z happened, mm -hmm. and they present it to a judge or magistrate, mm -hmm. or whatever, and they get a they get a signed warrant. Mm -hmm. Then a warrant out of Texas, though, yes. doesn't matter because the the federal constitution says you there is if they want to come, if Texas wants to if he wants to send somebody to come get them mm -hmm. they have to hold that person in Florida right that's why it's like my buddy mine works for Warren's Jefferson County he goes all over he was uh, I think yeah. he's gone right now but doesn't the second state have to agree? No. To turn you over? If you're part of the United States of America, you're in that agreement. There is no extra, like, you have, to, have extradite. to extradite. Wow. No, you have to extradite. Really? That's the thing. You have to extradite. So you have to hold now each state, now for misdemeanor crimes, uh, but it's right. it's arguably on that agency. Do they have the money to do it? So oftentimes what you see for it's for the higher level crimes, criminal right. activities. But it's so interesting. It's it's yeah. Mm -hmm. The way it works mm -hmm. is if you if we have a warrant for somebody here, mm -hmm. it's in the system. And if and and say state police in California uh, stop this guy and they see you right. got a warrant out of Jefferson County, Alabama, right? They have to hold you on that warrant and find out. They have to find out if you're going to come get them. If you're going to come get them now, it also depends on what the warrant's for. However. Mm -hmm. Like use DeSantis, for instance, that's that's human trafficking. So that's you know it would be felony level human trafficking is mm -hmm. what they would be investigating. I would assume the that is it's so it's very smart. sketchy. It's it is very sketchy. sketchy. That's it's like it's they're working a system, things, right? Like uh, they always do because yeah. we don't have a prohibition because we don't expect anybody to play those games. Right. And therefore, that's like the abortion stuff. That's why when the federal government says we're going to come in and bus women out to have abortions from certain areas, remember when they came out and said that? Right. That was a big deal. Because then, all right, so you see what this left-leaning sheriff is doing to DeSantis. Well, what's a right-leaning sheriff going to do if you just bust a lady out of his jurisdiction to have an abortion? Does that mean that we can 
them put, you know, do an investigation, put warrants on the federal on the federal government agents that moved them. Does that mean that we can, you know, I don't know. These are legal questions you have to ask. Mm -hmm. Well, that is one of my questions. It's very precarious. Just opening up Pandora's box. There's a new bunch of questions that probably shouldn't have been, but we're being forced into it. But basically, the better question is like if with all this with the VA, especially in Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. And federal them wanting to do abortions on federal property. I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm 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 not privy to the VA situation in Jefferson. Well, you know, Biden's wanting federal hospitals and the VA to do abortions. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's in the states that it, where it's illegal, so it would be in your jurisdiction in Jefferson County. Oh yeah, no, you got you 100 have to deal with it because it's murder in the state of Alabama. So that's the highest. Right. Uh, and, and it's murder in the federal. By the way, I think it's 18 U.S. Code 1812. It's murder according to the federal government. Yeah, it, any it's any harm that comes yeah. to a and it says a uh, a, a child in utero. It's funny the way it's right. written. You can look it up probably on one of those things. Right. A child in utero. So you mm-hmm. look up the definition of child in utero. Yeah. That's a fetus, a, a human fetus at any stage of development. Right. So the federal government says right. mm-hmm. that it's murder. Um, the state of Alabama says it's murder, and now there is no provision for it in the state of Alabama like there was previous to this uh, uh, this decision by the. Uh, Supreme Court, where it says it's going back to Tenth Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, you can't. The the feds can't. I mean, I'll be honest with you. For the first time since the Civil War, we see the powder keg of state right versus federal mm-hmm. rights because the slavery aspect uh, was about slavery, but it was it was more about state right versus right. federal rights. Mm-hmm. Which is why Abraham Lincoln said, "If I could win the war without freeing the slaves, I would," because he viewed slavery. As a moral issue. Right. That's what he, he viewed as a moral issue, and he did not want to make a moral issue a political issue. He did not want to make something where he thought slavery was wrong. He did not want to make it political from everything that I've read and understand about the man. You also have Robert E. Lee, who ran the Southern... Uh, uh, the Army of Northern Virginia. Yeah, right. The, the Southern forces... He was against slavery as a Christian man, and he didn't own slaves. And his wife got in trouble multiple times for teaching slaves how to read. read yeah. and, but his big thing was, you know what? God has sent him here, so maybe we can share the gospel of Christ with him. But he stayed and fought for the South based on state rights. So yeah, for the first the time, state, the states were nations. We talked about it earlier. In that's the program. right. It was more. It was definitely more separated than we are now, right. as far as state sovereignty. So that's kind of what you've seen. Uh, the um, the Supreme Court go back and decide. They say, "Hey, uh, it's um, it's it's really tenth attempt." Right. These are these are things that the federal government shouldn't decide. It's and, back to the states, and, and the federal government's trying to maintain control of that. And mm-hmm. they're they're saying it's it's people's rights. But here's the thing: if we believe that that the argument truly does come down to is it life at conception? Well, the federal government in their criminal law believes it's life at conception. And then Alabama state law has always said it's life at conception. So, so I would what do you argue, do as sheriff when they start performing abortions in federal buildings in Jefferson County? You have to. I mean, you have to go uh, try to get a warrant, but go arrest them for murder. I mean, that's because that's what it is. That's in the what state the law says. That's what the that's that's what the law says. And there is no constitutional. There is no constitutional. Like it doesn't. It doesn't impede on the Constitution. Right. So if they do that, then you most certainly obtain right. a warrant and you go go get them. Or you go down, I have probable cause, know you're doing this, and you go in and arrest them, and then you you, mm-hmm. you seek your, your charges afterward. Then what some, some, some district attorney, some judge, or whoever decides after that in the court system – it's on, it's on them, but you know I would argue Steve Marshall is, at the state level would back that. Um, 
but yeah, it's because it's murder in the state of Alabama. That's the hard part. And this is what I tell people. If I so if we see if if we go out of here right here and there's a dude stabbing a dude to death on a sidewalk right here. Mm-hmm. He's killing could a man. Could happen, actually. Yeah, anyway, we're in an area where it could happen, right? right? But there's a he's killing a man right here. Would anybody be mad at me if I killed the man who was killing this other dude? Would anybody be mad? Well, normal people wouldn't, but somebody might. The, the people oh, who are might advocates be, for I mean, the criminals. You, no, no. Or, we're, we're or, abs- or what if I just sit there and said, man, this is terrible. I'm filming myself on a post. I can't right. believe this happened in Birmingham. This is awful. Right. Which which would be which would y'all say I'd be, be wrong for doing? Just videoing. Just videoing it, right? Mm-hmm. As Christians, if we truly believe that abortion is murder, as Alabamians, if we truly believe abortion is murder, which is what our law says, as Americans, mm-hmm. if we truly believe... Abortion is murder, which is what the federal criminal statute is. Mm-hmm. Then why don't we start treating abortion as if it's murder, right? And th- and that's kind of my. And a lot of people don't like that. I don't really care. Uh, again, because I'm not political on this. Right. Life right. is important. My right to life is the first thing. Liberty is the second thing. I can't have liberty without life. Liberty is right. the second thing. Pursuit of happiness is what Jefferson came up with because everybody wasn't property owners. Locke said property because property is your outward expression of my right to life and liberty. Correct. And so as we look at those things, life is first. And and that is... you don't have anything after it. You don't, you have, don't have anything have after yeah, right. if you don't have right. that. I mean, when you... Uh, so what's he saying? Unforgiven, old Clint Eastwood movie. He said, uh, he said hey, it's a... Uh, it's a hell of a thing killing a man is what he tells that kid when a kid's losing his mind, you know, right. after having to shoot that guy. Right. And he said, uh, you take everything he was and everything he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why life is so important. And we have to defend life um, at the with with everything, right? right? And, and so uh, then you have the people saying, oh, well, what about, you know, uh, a, woman's, a woman's right to choose? Well... That's fine. You can have your right to choose. The problem is, is there's another life right. in you that they don't have the right to choose. And Scripture tells us to defend the widowless and the fatherless. So right. we have uh, a child that has to be chosen. Hey, what's that, Stephen? What's that guy's name that's doing the 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 mobile, you know, birth on wheels or whatever? Life on wheels, yeah, birth on wheels. <laughs> he's a doctor. That's, Maybe that too. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, that's definitely that. He said that eighty nine percent is it eighty nine percent. Eighty nine percent of women, since we got off the abortion kick, uh, will choose to have their baby when they see mm-hmm. the uh, the ultrasound or whatever it is they do in the uh, that's in this. Bus. Parenthood won't let them. That's why they don't like they, it. That's why they, they always fight the women's right, right to know. Man, they they so so. This is what we're doing when we're screaming to the top of our lungs. You know, the people that scream at the top of the lungs. Hey, we ought to be able to have abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay, let them see their let them see their child. In right. their belly, and when they see it, eighty nine percent. That I was blown away. I was like, "There's no way that statistic's real." It is real. Mm-hmm. That is a yeah. real statistic. Eighty nine percent of women uh, want to have that baby, and that is that to me is is mind boggling. Here's here's my heart. In the state of Alabama, the the woman is not for all the people. Say, well, woman's right to choose all this. She's not the victim. She can't be the victim. She can't even be criminally charged or or, or prosecuted in the state of Alabama. Right. Only those performing an abortion. And this is what I've seen in the little bit of studying I've done. Uh, and I would encourage people to look into this on their own. Most of the time when you see an abortion taking place, it is done at the urging of parents, mm-hmm. 
doctors or society around them. The victim is 100% this this young lady, because most time it's young women, right? right. Um, the victim is 100% this young lady. She needs every bit of victim advocacy you can give her because right. the world around her is telling her to do something and she just doesn't know what to do. And what's the best way to make a decision with as much information as possible, mm-hmm. right? And that's what that's what I was blown away with this doctor, what they're giving uh, women who are in a lot of times a terrible situation, they're giving them the ability to make a decision based on uh, all of the information, all of the chips on the right. table, not not being forced by some liberal narrative, not being forced by the government, not being forced by parents or a boyfriend or anything. Right. They're truly giving this woman the right to choose. And 89% of the time, they're going to choose life. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that to me is, uh, that's where my heart is. But yeah, no, if you, uh, if you have uh, actual medical facilities do, uh, commit abortions in the state of Alabama, uh, you, you have to uh, go after them criminally because it is murder in the state of Alabama. It's not like, hey, this is something we can raise. It is now murder in the state of Alabama. Right. And this was not. Uh, and someone who's being honest, following the Constitution, doing what they're supposed to do, sheriff, district attorney, whatever has to come to that conclusion. Right. And they don't get oh, to just say, well, I'm just going to ignore it because I don't like it. And that's why yeah, we mean, have to elect people who it's, it's are dangerous. honest and believe it's the, their duty mm-hmm. to, to do duty. the right thing. See that's how right. I threw that in? Duty. <laughs> y'all, know, y'all know where you get, uh, what's that? What's, uh, uh, my girl, my daughters love this movie, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Where the little girl on there talks about, she, he's like, I'm going to Hero's Duty to get my medal. And she's like, Duty? <laughs> this little girl, my, my daughters think it's hilarious when they talk about Hero's Duty. <laughs> so does Alice. It's so bad. I need to grow up at some point. So I, I want to give you, I'm going to have to head out in a minute, but I want to give you the last word. I mean, we, we've had this great conversation. I appreciate you visiting with I don't us. I what we talked about. You're, but, but you're running for sheriff. Okay, and okay. I think you showed yeah. people your heart, which is so much more advantageous than. What are you going to do if you're sheriff and what, you know, all this kind of stuff that bores people to death? But I think people are, are getting a chance to see yeah. who you are, what you believe. Clearly, I mean, you might be, try to be a little more passionate. Maybe. Yeah, yes. Not but, quite so laid back. In, in, in 15 <laughs> seconds, what I'm going to do as sheriff is, is hunt crime in, in this area. I mean, that's what I spent my adult life doing. I mean, we know how to mm. hunt bad people. We don't want to target a community. We're going to target crime mm-hmm. uh, 10% higher than national average in violent crime, 20% higher than national average in property crime, actually a little bit over that. In Jefferson County alone, uh, so if you're criminals, you probably don't want me to be sheriff because we will we will go go after you. That is our that's the the main goal. That is my main goal is to make Jefferson County a place where we feel comfortable raising where I feel comfortable raising my kids, where you feel comfortable raising your kids. Again, I don't care if you're you're white, black, Hispanic, Republican, Democrat. I don't care who you are. I want you to be able to raise your kids in a place where you're like, dang, I'm glad I live in Jeffco because it's safe. And right now, everybody don't feel that way. Right. Right. right? Ask, well, you can't ask him. He got smoked. You know, a guy got smoked at the ATM in Homewood the other day. Yeah, right? Right. A targeted killing in Homewood right across from the police station. We, we're we not in, it's not like we're in, you know, the safest place. Yeah, in the we're world. not in Mayberry anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know. We can't even make fun of Chicago, really, honestly. Birmingham's worse than Chicago in per capita. Mm-hmm. Chicago's not even on the top 25 list yeah. per capita. Birmingham's number three. So Who's who's worse than us? New Orleans. New Orleans Same and Austin. No, oh, no, is, is it St. Louis? No, it's not. Is, is it St. Louis? St. Louis and Baltimore. Really? New Orleans, Baltimore. Yeah, it's, it's new because New Orleans just did a thing. They're hiring contractors yeah. uh, okay. to come in and help. So New Orleans, Baltimore, like Birmingham. So we're worse than Philadelphia. Oh, we're yeah. like 18 per 100,000 or something. 
Grocery I'll say store. we went to Chicago a few weeks weekends ago, and I felt safer in downtown Chicago than I do in downtown Birmingham. Well, yeah, Chicago, hands right. down. Yeah, you go to a lot of places in Chicago. See, Birmingham is a little small. It's a smaller like area. Like you can. Yeah, you can get into a bad area of Birmingham real quickly without knowing it, just like that. Versus Chicago, it's hard to you get into that. Purposely get there. Yeah. Yes, you gotta. You you've gotta. I won't say purposely get there, but it's more difficult. Okay. Um, you gotta go somewhere to get there. That's right. Last question, because I always have right. one last question, and we talked about this before, so I'm kind of setting you up. Okay. Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Issue. Yeah. So. I mean, are you seeing it in yeah. Jefferson County? Oh yeah. I mean, you're seeing it. Nationwide, so fentanyl, from what I understand, and I'm sure somebody that knows more about this is going to get mad at this podcast. Say I'm wrong, but long story short, fentanyl yeah, is a it. yeah is, is a of um, <laughs> uh, it's basically like uh, what's the, what's the word I'm synthetic. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a synthetic version of heroin. Uh, it's coming from China and it's being pushed across the borders with uh, by by the cartels. Our open border stuff. They're pushing mm-hmm. across the border by cartels. And uh, they make it look like candy, you know. Obviously, everybody's heard about mm-hmm. that, looking like candy for kids. And that fentanyl is is really potent stuff uh, to the point that I don't even think that you have to, like, if you get pure nicotine on your skin, it it can give you a massive heart attack. I won't right. talk about the specifics of that because right. yeah. I'm not sure I can. But right. that's a we had an expert that's a way on to just kill the other day people. that a, t- a tiny, tiny little gram, like a dot. Yeah. Can kill you. A fentanyl, right? Yeah. So, but yes. so, so now, so when I when I say that about nicotine, that's it's a way that like people kill people, and there's like try not to have anybody, right. you know, find out. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with fentanyl. Like very small amount, you know. Even if I think, even if you either breathe the dust, you know, that it yeah. can it can kill you. Um, for some kids, I believe it can get in their system if they, if, if they touch it a small amount, if they hold it in their hand, right. or maybe mm-hmm. it dissolves a little bit. And uh, and so you're saying, I think Jefferson County Sheriff's Office revived a little girl or a little boy, like a two-year-old, who got into some fentanyl last year. Like at, yeah, right. last year, some Scary. deputies revived, you know, with uh, and, and hit her with Narcan and brought her brought her back. I believe it was a little girl, a toddler, two-year-old. So it's a it, it's fentanyl. Here. It's, it's oh, it's here. No, it's it's here, and it's uh, it is a very dangerous uh drug i mean they're sending they're sending it in the mail that's the biggest thing they're just it's just it's just easily going through the mail amazing yeah absolutely amazing jared i appreciate you being on jared hudson is a candidate for sheriff here in jefferson county but we really didn't talk about that we talked about him and his story and who he is and allison i appreciate you setting it up abs will be back next week but Abs. abs will be back here thank you for watching alabama unfiltered we appreciate you telling other people about the show that's how we grow don't forget you can find us at all your usual podcast podcast or podcasts <laughs> or podcasts one you want <laughs> and don't forget that we're powered by 1819 news see y'all